Welcome to 24 Hour Expert, where we challenge each other to see what we can learn on random topics in just a day. I'm Allie. And I'm Amy. Let's see what we've learned. Aim. Al. Better? So much better. I will take that every time. Okay. I I figured that was more of an appropriate greeting than trying to be polite to you. It felt more natural, you have to admit. More natural. Definitely. Definitely. So I am super excited for this week's topic. I wanted to do a topic on a person because I feel like it's been a really long time since we've done a person. And so I just Googled people in history we should know about. I think that's a great Google. Who's somebody in history that we don't hear enough about? And I have a great little list. So I'll sprinkle some fun people in throughout the season. But this one is really fun. So tonight, we are going to talk about Agent 355. Agent 355. Yes. It's a very official title. I know. Very official. Is their name like Kenny or something? Ooh, we'll get to it. You're not going to tell me who Agent 355 is right now. Why would I reveal the twist at the beginning of the episode? There's a twist. All right, I'm in it. You know I'm not great at mysteries, though. So We're going to walk you through. I have a whole tale to tell you to get to this point of who... A tale as old as time? Kind of, actually, yeah. Oh, okay. I, where, it's, is it Beauty and the Beast? Is Belle Agent 355? <laughs> no. That would be a twist. For another episode, maybe. No, but that, that would be a twist. One that we would completely make up, because that's not like a real thing. We'll just call it, like, the 28th hour, and it will have no relevance because it's not real. It'll just be nothing. It'll just be us making up stories. I mean, I could use 28 hours in a day, but not if we're just going to talk about Belle being a secret agent, I yeah, guess. we could all. Okay, so let's start our story. And this is real. It's not a story. I mean, it's, it's a story, but it's a real story. Are you going to start it with Once Upon a Time? Once Upon a Time, <laughs> back in 1776... A group of colonial Americans were fighting against Great Britain to secure their independence. Familiar. Mm, Mildly. Great. I'm kidding. Yes, it's familiar. Don't come for me. Yes, so it's the American Revolution. During this time, there was a group of top secret spies led by General George Washington. Also something might be familiar. Yes. We know him. Ends up being our first president. Mm Mm-hmm. So this group of spies is called the Culper Ring, like C-U-L-P-E-R, Culper Ring. And they operated from 1778 to 1780 for two years during the American Revolution. So General George Washington's intelligence chief named Benjamin Talmadge organized the network of spies and was ordered by General Washington to keep their identity secret even from him. So General Washington doesn't even know who his spies are. Go back. General Washington does not know who their spies are. And who assigned the spies then? So General George Washington has an intelligence chief. So a guy that helps him. Got it. His name is Benjamin Talmadge. That's him. And Washington says to Benjamin, he's like, Benji, boy, you need to get spies, but they need to be super secret. So don't even tell me. That is not a direct quote. (laughs) But similar, probably. We can we can guesstimate. Probably a similar conversation, yes. I like Georgie Boy. That seems legit. 
<laughs> so Benjamin puts together this group. A lot of people that he's already acquaintance with, friends of his, from different walks of life. So they're not necessarily military people. And just kind of a fun fact, we'll throw one in real quick here. A lot of these people, they were a, they being historians, were able to figure out who they were using handwriting analysis. I find that fascinating. I think handwriting analysis is so cool. I remember at the senior all-night party, they had a handwriting analysis lady, and I made the stupid mistake to go to the palm reader, and that was an error, and I regret it to this day because I think the handwriting analysis lady, way cooler. I realize those are different things, telling your fortune through your handwriting and analyzing it for historical and scientific purposes, but still fascinating either way. Oh, I mean, if you watch Forensic Files or any of those kind of things, I think it's so interesting. Well, and I even remember there was one time, I don't know what you were doing in college that you guys were talking about it, but you had told me, write something on a piece of paper and make it, try and make it not look like your handwriting. So of course I use my left hand and I'm trying to write real different. And then, you know, wrote the same thing in my normal handwriting and you like circled all the similarities. You're like, nope, this is the same, this is the same. And this was like, you had like maybe one lecture on it at this point. I find this fast because it is very hard to alter your natural state of things, including your handwriting. Which is also how they, like, authenticate, like, when you watch those shows on, like, the History Channel, where they're like, oh, this is actually Babe Ruth's signature, or no, it's not, and someone's just scamming you. I find that fascinating. Right. Fascinating. Totally fascinating. So, I just thought that was really interesting that that's how historians have been able to place some of these people. And, of course, they don't know who all the spies were. Back to our story. The Culper spies posed as loyalists. So loyalists are the people who are loyal to Great Britain. So they posed as loyalists to win over the trust of the British. So they're trying to infiltrate their circles, right? As spies would do. And this part I think is fun. To carry out their duties, they would use a variety of tricks, including invisible ink. So they actually came up with invisible ink so they could write each other letters And they had this whole series of codes where instead of using words, they would use three digits of numbers. And then you just had to know with those three digits what words they meant. So if someone came across something, you it would be pretty much all the important words would be unreadable, like cities, names, things like that. So were they only censoring the juicy part? So it would be like on Tuesday and then censored and then so-and-so's name is censored ate a bagel because like eating a bagel is not relevant but the name is censored or like the whole thing was written in a series of codes not the whole thing just the important words so yeah cities people's names certain goods and we'll end with some of the code just because it's fun but yeah so they had codes and invisible ink so they're writing to each other and sharing all the british secrets they would gather all this information about the british forces and a lot of this took place in new york city new york like it is now, must have been a big, or like it still is, a big hub of things. So there must have been a lot of British. So they would collect all their information, and they would deliver it to this, well, one of the ways they would pass information along would be through this tavern owner named Austin Rowe. And he would go to another city to deliver the message from the messages from New York because he was getting supplies for his tavern. So when he would make these long trips to these other cities, 
He was just getting supplies. He'd bring goods back to his tavern, but he was really secretly delivering all this intelligence information. Tell me he wasn't meant to do that with a name like Austin Rowe. Espionage right in it. You can't have a name that cool and not be into something secretive. Right? And then there's this other guy who's also helping, and his name is Caleb Brewster. (laughs) And he owned a ship, so he would go from New York and then go to Long Island. And I guess where they would go on Long Island, there was these six bays, and he would park his ship in one of these six bays, deliver his information or pick up information or do whatever trading of information he needed to do. And that brings us to my next fun fact. There was a woman named Anna Smith Strong, and she lived in an area on Long Island where she could see the bays or she knew the bays. And so she was the one who would keep track of which bay Caleb was coming into. And she would signal to the people who are delivering messages for him to take or picking up the messages from him by going out to her clothesline, and she would hang a different number of handkerchiefs on the clothesline to indicate which bay number he was in. That is so smart. This would make a fabulous movie, and I haven't even heard the end. Right? Like, this woman was very interesting to read about, too. Anna Strong Smith, again, was her name. Again? And so she- Tell me that's not a great name. Wait. Anna Smith Strong. I'm sorry, I think I flipped them. Either Anna way. Anna Smith Strong. Either way, great, yeah. But, so she had a whole code system worked out, like, if she hung up a petticoat, it meant something. If she hung up the handkerchiefs, it meant something. And, you know, there's British occupying a lot of these areas, and she's doing this all under their nose, and they have no idea, because she's just a simple woman doing a simple woman's chore, so they didn't think anything of her hanging out her laundry. That makes me feel so empowered. Good for you, Anna. Way to just work the system and also be efficient with your time because we all know she did wash those handkerchiefs and that petticoat and then hung them out to dry. Two birds, one stone. I'm just saying. Exactly. Helping the revolution, getting her laundry done. That's everyone's goal. Point blank. <laughs> Women are very efficient that way. We can multitask. We would never waste a load of laundry if it was not to signal for something secretive. Exactly. So all of this is working out great. The Culper spies are able to get a lot of information on the British Navy, but they're having a hard time getting information on the British Army. So in comes, dun-dun-dun, Agent 355. Kenny! Is his name Kenny? It's not Kenny. Okay. (laughs) Woodhull, which is also one of the agents, so Agent Woodhull, I don't know what his secret number is. Writes to Tallmadge, who again is General Washington's intelligence chief, and said, I intend to visit 727, which is the code for New York, Okay. before long and think by the assistance of a 355, which started out as the code for a lady, of my acquaintance shall be able to outwit them all. So Agent 355 is a woman. Kenitha. Kenitha. I like it. I like it. Get it. Because that quote's kind of hard with the code sprinkled in there. One of the agents is writing to Tall Madge, who's the intelligence chief, and says, I'm going to visit New York, and I'm bringing this woman along to help me. I like this. Yeah. So from here on out, 355 stops meaning lady general and means a specific lady. Kenitha, who's ruling it. Also, I would like to apologize to Kenitha early on because... 
I just assumed, and that was unfair of me, just because I genuinely thought they would not allow a lady to be a spy. Although, here's Anna Strong, Anna Smith-Strong, just crushing it. So, my mistake, my mistake. Yes, and there was, we're going to talk about another fun lady later, too. There's a lot of great ladies that helped out as spies. This is is one of my favorite topics we've ever done. I know we've done, like, six, but this is topping it for me. I was so excited when I came across this one. Another fun fact, there's a lot of fun facts this time. Another fun fact, this letter that Woodhull wrote to Tallmadge is the only written reference to Agent 355 that exists or still exists. That's so cool. So there's this one thing where he's like, I'm going to go to New York and I'm going to bring this lady with me. That's it. Mystery. Mystery. Intrigue. You can see the blockbuster trailer now. So within... Two months of Agent 355 starting to help, General Washington has detailed high-level intelligence information about the British Army. So she's getting it done. Because no one's suspecting her. And she's probably being super efficient, too, so she's getting more information across just like that. Yeah, yeah. I know I read one story while doing this research about a British spy infiltrating an American army camp. And she just goes in as this poor woman who's trying to sell stuff to make money for her family. And she's counting up how many horses they have. She's marking where their artillery is. She's getting a rough number of soldiers. So all these men underestimating these women. And these women are just changing the courses of these wars. So smart. Listen, here I am sitting in 2022 assuming that Kenny's just out there being whatever he is. Kenitha, like a surprise, crushing it. Crushing it. Crushing it. Very interesting to read. And I was like, girl power the whole time. I'm loving this. I think that should be the title of this episode. I know it should be Agent 355, but maybe like Agent 355 dash girl power. Okay. I'll I'll take it under consideration. Okay. Who is Agent 355? One theory suggests that she was a member of a prominent loyalist family. Remember, the loyalists are on the British side. Mm -hmm. In New York City which gave her easy access to British society and British officers. Another theory thinks that it's Anna Smith-Strong. And then another theory thinks that she was a confidant of John Andre. And John Andre, he's important to this story. He is a major in the British Army, and he's the head of their British Secret Service thing in America. So she would be infiltrating their intelligence based on a friendship, potentially. Yes. So there's a bunch of theories about, you know, who she is, because, uh, spoiler, we don't know to this day who she is. Oh, well, now I feel bad that I've granted her such a silly name based on nothing but a pure, just a pure whim on my side. (laughs) But honestly, I think she could rock any name. And she could choose any name. You know what? If she wants to be Kenny, be Kenny. Kenitha, Barbara, whatever. Exactly. There was another theory I read that said she was the girlfriend or lover of one of the spies, which is how they got her involved in all this stuff. So we don't know. But it would make sense in my mind if she was part of a loyalist family or already knew this John Andre, the British major, because it'd be easy access. She doesn't have to make friendships, get them to trust her. She'd just already be on the inside. Right. And no one would suspect her. And no one would suspect her. We have to talk about a funny story about Johnny Boy here. Apparently, everybody's just a somebody boy tonight. A somebody boy tonight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's so right. We're running with it. 
Yeah. So apparently he's quite the ladies' man and the eligible bachelor. And he kind of had a weakness for women in the sense that he didn't put much stock into, like, their intelligence or whatever you want to call it. Cue eye roll. Just general eye roll. Eye roll, and I'm flipping my hand like he's just so... Yeah. In 1777, he held a secret meeting in the Dareg house, I might be saying that wrong, which is where he was staying, and the wife of the family that owned the house, Lydia, was listening in to his secret meeting through the door, and then warned General Washington about an attack on his army. And so then... John finds out when he goes to attack the army with his troops or whatever, that's very clear they knew he was coming. So he's like, somebody spilled the beans. So he starts questioning everybody that was in that house and in that secret meeting where they discussed this attack to try and find the leak. But he never even thought to question Lydia because she's just a woman and she would just automatically have the same views and follow whatever her husband wanted. So she gets away with it. Lydia for the win. Also, I, how, I mean, I'm very glad. Solid move, Lydia. But here's the thing. They went through this many versions, right? We've got Anna. We've got Agent 355. We've got Lydia. And not one of these people thought, wait a minute. I guess not. (laughs) Just wait one second. Which is fine, because they got the job done, and I support it. I'm just saying. A little bit of a short-sightedness on the behalf of all these people who are supposed to be in charge of stuff. Yes, yeah. So you can see the opinion of women was very strong in this time. Eye roll. Just eye roll. Uh, So it was so funny because I did read a little bit more about Lydia and her family. And her whole family really did help the American cause because they were from Ireland, I believe. They had immigrated from Ireland. And so why some of these British officials were staying at their house... The article I read didn't say, but they used the opportunity to collect information about what they were doing. And they had some special shorthand that they would use that if you or I or anyone, you know, one of these British officers saw it, wouldn't be able to decipher what it said, but they all knew what it said. So Lydia would take the notes and hide them in like wrap them around the buttons of her youngest son And then he'd go out to like do his chores or something and deliver them to their older son who was actually in the American army. And so he just hand them like over these buttons or whatever. And then they have all these notes from all these officers who are staying at his parents' house. That's so smart. Tell me that you would not, I mean, we're using handkerchiefs as signals. We're using petticoats as signals. We're using buttons as delivery method. I mean, the textile industry, booming with secrets, booming. Absolutely booming with secrets. So back to Agent 355. So a few of the articles I read credited her with like one of her like big intelligence achievements during her spying time. She's credited with helping to expose General Benedict Arnold. That name probably sounds familiar to you. Yes. Yeah. So he's a famous American because he's a traitor. Yeah. A quick recap of what he did, just for anyone who's not familiar, because I immediately knew when I heard read his name that he was a traitor, but I guess I didn't remember exactly why he was a traitor. Mm -hmm. He was put in command of West Point, and during the Revolution, West Point was the most important fort on the continent, and it was important because it controlled the Hudson River, and the Hudson River divided the two halves of the established colonies. Mm -hmm. 
So you don't want the British to be in control of the river because now your colonies are Mm -hmm. divided and you don't have access to both sides. So very important fort. So Benedict Arnold gets put in charge of West Point. And so he makes a deal with John Andre, Johnny Boy's coming back into the story, that he's going to let him basically invade it and Johnny's going to give him a bunch of money for it. Wow. Johnny kind of sucks. I mean, so does Benedict. Benedict super sucks. I mean, John's just off here doing his job. He's like, I'm on the British side. I'm trying to win. And Benedict's like, yeah, you give me a bunch of money. I mean, I don't care. Fine. I really hope Agent 355 screwed Johnny over a little bit. Just a little bit. So somehow the Culper spies, with help of Agent 355, somehow infiltrate all the correspondence between Benedict Arnold and John Andre, and they figure out their plan. There's another theory that says Agent 355, well, you know, the one theory says she's a friend of John Andre, right? right? But then there was another theory I read that said she's a friend of Benedict Arnold, which is how she figured out he was going to do this. So all the mystery around her, who knows, but in some way, she helps the Culper spies figure out and piece together that Benedict Arnold's going to do this, so they're able to warn everybody that this is going to happen. Amazing. So they, yeah, so the Americans end up capturing John Andre, and they try and keep it quiet because they now have to go get Benedict Arnold before he figures out he's busted. Unfortunately, he does escape, and then John Andre is hanged for his crimes. Sometimes that's how the story ends. And unfortunately, I mean, besides... Americans winning the revolution. Agent 355 story doesn't really have a happy ending. Why do you keep doing this? You told me after Tylenol poisoning, we would have a happy ending. And I don't feel like you've delivered on that. Uh, I have a whole season to go. I can still deliver. I was thinking we were going to do more of like a one every other kind of situation. But that's fine. That's fine. Keep going. Disappoint me. I can't change history. It is what it is. Again, we don't know who she is. And some articles were like, did she really exist? We don't know. And I choose not to believe that. I like to believe that she exists, whoever she is or was. The only other kind of report about her was in a 1940 newspaper article. Like the headline or the article read that a girl who spied for Washington died on a British prison ship. One theory is that she was eventually captured and it claims that she was pregnant. I don't know how that fits into the story, but if she was the person who got captured spying for Washington, she died, unfortunately, on this British prison ship. That's unfortunate. I take back wanting to see this movie. I think I'd be very upset with that ending. Well, you know Hollywood would not let it end that way. She'd give birth to the secret baby of John, or Benedict Arnold, because, you know, twist. And then she would run her own empire off the coast of New York somewhere. Exactly. So there's no other references her. There's the one letter, and then there's kind of this newspaper article that's question mark, maybe, about her. And that's it. So she's super secret. Before we end, I thought it'd be fun to go over some of the codes that they had. There's there's super secret spy codes. And then I do, thanks to Wikipedia, have a list of pop fiction and pop culture references that Agent 355 is in. All right. I'm ready. Okay, so real quick before we get to our codes, I want to give a shout out to Women's History Blog and All That Is Interesting. Those websites were awesome and good reads to get all this information. All right, so our codes. 711 was for General George Washington. That was 
his code name. Do you think that's why 7-Eleven exists? Because they're like the general store. I don't know, but that's great marketing right there. (laughs) That's your marketing brain turning on is what that is. 355 meant lady, later became a reference to Agent 355. A 219 meant a gun. Okay. 233 meant gold. 727, like I mentioned, was New York. And in total, they had 763 code names for different names, places, and things. Wow. I couldn't even remember just the last five you said to me, except Agent 355 and 7-Eleven, but obviously. Yeah. Also, I'm just going to throw my own random, wild, uneducated theory out there. What if 355 is not one lady, but a series of different ladies? I believe that. I could see that. I mean, especially if we're just going to like generalize the simplicity of women from all these men perspective, they would never spend the time to give them all their own code. They'd be like, you know what? You're one big lump of women. Here's your singular code. And here they are just changing the war patterns and, and winning victories. So maybe. No, just a random theory I'm going to throw out as it pops into my brain while we're recording this. Okay, pop culture places you can find, Agent 355. One of the main characters in The Last Man from Vertigo Comics, it is a modern spy that goes by Agent 355. So I guess it's modern day, and they just use Agent 355. She is part of a fictionalized culpa ring that has remained active into modern times. Oh, Okay. So sounds kind of interesting. Idara Victor, I don't know that actress's I name. Hopefully I pronounced it right. Plays a fictional Agent 355 in a television series called Turn Washington Spies. Hmm. In the show, Agent 355 is the code name of a former slave named Abigail. She's been owned by Anna Strong until the British Army seized the property, though technically free. Abigail is coerced into working for John Andre, and Abigail collects information overheard in Andre's home and hides it in gifts sent to her son, who she left in Anna's care. Which sounds so interesting. So interesting, and honestly, so believable if you really put these puzzle pieces together. I mean, I realize this is a show, but that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, So, and I don't know if any of these are still running or where you can find them. Like I said, this was a list off Wikipedia, but you can Google it. But I'm going to Google this one because it actually sounds really interesting. Our next one in season four, episode six, called Identity Crisis of the show White Collar. The show's main character investigate a culper conspiracy theory based on letters owned by a descendant of Agent 355. Wow. That would be the twist we'd be waiting for, like some buried letters in an attic somewhere or in like a barn, and it would be like her whole history. That'd be killer. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of the articles I read said that she was pregnant when she was captured. Again, if it was her. One of them said her and the baby both died on the ship. The other one didn't mention the baby at all. So, I mean, there's your movie right there. The baby lives. Carries on the legacy. Spies. For something else. Yeah. Our next one is Rebel Spy by Veronica Rossi. It's a young adult novel reimagining the story behind Agent 355, and it was published in 2020, so not that long oh, ago. Oh, cool. And our last one is very recent. The 355 is a female-led spy film released by Universal Pictures on January 7th of this year, 2022. Wow. 
about a group of women from different international spy agencies create a faction code name 355 in honor of Agent 355. I actually saw the previews for that. I think it looks really good. I have not seen the previews, which I'm surprised. But yeah, there you go. So really, and I did not know about this when I picked this topic, but I'm super relevant on accident. Super relevant, but also like what a cool way to see how it's been pulled throughout history, even with very little clarity on who she was. Look at the impact. That's very cool. Yes. And when I saw this list of all these things where she shows up in pop culture, I was like, again, how have I not heard about this? See, these are the lessons I feel like we should spend more time on. So this was super fun. I'm hoping to pull some more fun people from history that maybe aren't so common. Can one of them have a happy ending, please? I will try if it actually has a happy ending. I don't control the ending. I'm not writing these. I understand. If we're going to do historical people, that's fine. But I'm going to need one. I need one who, like, wins. I will try. Thank you. I will try. I will try. So there you go. That's Agent 355. Do with that what you will. Thanks for letting us talk at you. If you have any comments, corrections, you can reach us at 24hourexpert at gmail.com. Spell out all the words. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and our website. See you next time. Bye. Talk at you next time. Talk at you next time. You can't, they can't see us. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> I'll get there. Thank you for listening to 24 Hour Expert. Our theme song is Lo-Fi World by Ricky Bambino. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you're notified of future episodes. 